Gang's all here. <laughs> what are you looking at? I don't know. Just all the screens. <laughs> Ourselves. Yes. Tired today. Funhouse thing. Yeah, you seem subdued. I am. I've been yawning a lot. Yeah. It just feels like a sleepy day. It's weird. I think part of it's the weather. Yeah, but okay. I, I like this weather, which is... Yeah. Do you like this weather? I don't mind it. I I mean, I prefer the sunshine. Yeah. I just really like being outside and... So you don't like you, going outside in this? You can go outside in this, but you, know, you get a bundle up and all that. I just like being able to just run outside. And I like sun. I yeah. like sitting in the sun. The sun came out yesterday for a little bit. I was in the backyard and Henry came out and Rachel came out and we all were just like charging up from the sun. Just trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's here. Get out here. My family, uh, <laughs> we didn't live here. We originally are from Krypton. And so for us, the mm-hmm. sun really gives us the majority of our power. Solar powered people, we are indeed amazing. Uh, no, Henry was up, um, you know, a little bit last night. He's under the weather again. Oh, yeah. he's, he's been to school for six weeks. This is his like third cold. Oh man, and so it's no good. Yeah, he started getting the, the runny nose and the cough and all that. And yeah, and last night, about 11 20 or so, you know, he called us in. He was boiling hot. Oh so no, give him the Motrin and you know, got the fever and the whole thing. Oh, and then man. Rachel stayed in the room with him, and he's like, can you watch me in the monitor all night long? And so I'm like, yeah, so I had the monitor on, mm-hmm. and he just was, he coughed like every 10 minutes, and I'm a, a bit of a light sleeper. Yeah. So I was up a bunch last night, and so my brain feels sleepy. My body feels yeah. sleepy, sleepy. So I am slightly subdued today, but that might be, that might be for the best. <laughs> Maybe. Uh yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, like we've had a thousand discussions on what to do about Addison. And she's at the age where she can, she needs to self console. She can go back to sleep. She doesn't need us to come and tend to her throughout the night. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a number of things could cause her to wake up and just be wanting help with something that is completely unnecessary. And we'll have a conversation about, and she understands yeah. she'll go back to sleep, whatever. So we've talked about we need to just leave her alone, give her some time to work it out because we can't just be up all night dealing with all of her particularities. And so the problem is, is that I'm a light sleeper, but I tend to, I have, I've historically sleepwalked. um, I have as well. And so no matter what we talk about, if I hear her crying, my body will take me to her door. Yeah. Um, before I'm really thinking, oh, we're, we're just giving her space and I'll be in her room, like kind of just checking on things already. So it's like, it's weird. Henry was never a great sleeper. He was up a bunch uh, when he was younger and he's a hungry kid. Yeah. Like he wasn't just waking up, you know, to wake up and Mm -hmm. he wanted our company. Like he's like, food, give me food. And so we, you know, we fed him and then he finally slept through the night. I think he's around like 19 yeah months 20 months something like that and then he did well for a while we used to be able to just go through the bedtime process put him in bed and then he'd fall asleep on his own and he'd sleep through the night we'd stay in our room and that was it yeah but about a year or so ago maybe he realized it was dark and he's like I care for this. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And so it started with a night light, and then there were multiple night lights, and then it had to be, you know, a red night light, and then a sound machine night light. And yeah. 
And then the curtains were freaking him out. And he's yeah. like, do you see the tornadoes in here? I'm like, those are curtains. And so we took the curtains down, but then the light was just blasting in his room in the morning right. waking up early. And so yep. you wind up scrambling doing all this stuff just because you're desperate for sleep as well. Yeah. And then it started getting to the point where we had to stay in his room for him to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then now we're at the point now, part of it is just how he's, how he's wired. You know, I've talked a little bit about, you know, Henry and, you know, he gets a little bit of that separation anxiety. And so like mm-hmm. he needs to feel like the weight of, um, you know, he says, love me real hard. And that's what he says. Mm-hmm. And it's basically an arm around him and squeezing him yeah. and applying pressure. Um, yeah. And we got him, we got him a weighted blanket and that seemed to help a little bit. Yeah. But in the middle of the night, he just needs somebody. And because I sound like a, a, a you know, a 1926 John Deere tractor when I sleep. <laughs> like I just snore unbelievably bad. Yeah. You know, I can't be in there with him because he can't sleep. And then yeah. it's to the point now. I feel like it's gotten worse over the years. Um, Rachel can't, you know, sleep either. So her being in his room, she doesn't necessarily mind because she yeah. doesn't have to sleep next to the weed whacker. <laughs> 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 she's like, yeah, oh, okay. This she uh, she took a video of it one night on her phone. Oh no! <laughs> and she's like, I don't know if you're gonna get mad, you know, because it can be an embarrassing thing, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you know you've ever watched yourself sleep or heard yourself snore, you know. And I, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't get frustrated with it at all, but just the oddest sounds coming out of me. It were like uh, what you would imagine a blue whale would would do in the ocean, like that kind of. <laughs> oh man and i'm like i sound sad when i sleep yeah, <laughs> like right. maybe someone needs to when hug me maybe i need out. a weighted blanket yeah, yeah it was uh, he's holding it together all day long he's finally long. asleep letting <laughs> it out smiling through the pain <laughs> and then at night i i literally you know weep like a whale yeah <laughs> and yeah so it was it was hilarious but yeah, so his his bedtime stuff is a little bit challenging right now, and yeah, we would love for him to come into our bed and we're like, don't start it. And be like, listen, it's already there. Sure. Like, um, and so, but I can't, I can't do it. And then he yeah. asked me last night. He's like, can you please try to sleep in here? And I'm like, buddy, I snore. Like, you can ask God to help that, you know, to go away. But you know, I it's like it prevents you from sleeping. Like, it's just so yeah. loud, it like disrupts everybody. You ever um, try those like nasal strip things? I've heard those can help. Yeah. Um, I have such bad allergies. Like I'm congested probably, I don't know, 51 weeks out of the year. Oh, man. Yeah, it's bad. So, you know, I got tree pollen and then ragweed. And tree pollen has got its bad season in the spring, but then it goes all year long. Right. And then um, I broke my nose a couple times when I was a kid. And so my nose is a little bit crooked. Oh, And so my um, deviated septum. And so that has created problems. I looked at maybe getting it fixed years and years and years ago and they're like ah, it's, it's not that bad that you know it's causing you any sort of issues because of, you know the structural change and i'm like well something's going on yeah it doesn't matter you know they have these metrics and these things that they measure and they're like well it should be okay but you know often yeah. and this is what i found you know is often the problem with any anything is we treat the you got to treat the patient you know sure. not necessarily what you know the parameters are um so they, you know, insurance wasn't going to pay for it. And then I looked at it. I mean, they'd have to break my nose and reset it and do all that. And it would just be absolutely miserable. So. Sounds awesome. So, yeah, right? there's not a whole lot I can do. You know, I yeah. sleep on my back. Um, you know, uh, that's supposed to to help. But, yeah, yeah there's not much I can that's do. It's so funny. It's uh, 
Sleeping on my back makes uh, the snoring happen. Does it? Yeah, it's crazy. I can't sleep on anywhere else. Really? Like, yeah, I can't sleep on my side. I can't. I I sleep like uh, Dracula. <laughs> in your coffin. Yeah, we got a coffin <laughs> next to the bed. That's right. right. If it gets real bad, you just right. call in there and feel right. I think I wonder if that's why Henry's afraid of the dark. Because <laughs> every time he walks through, I just rise up from the coffin. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm doing when I sleep. Oh, I'm not no. snoring. Oh, one. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, I, I, anyways, I'm a little bit, you know, sleepy today. So <laughs> I'm you just that... laugh as the, as the count? <laughs> no, no. Ah, I, ah, I, ah. I went, I went, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You might want to handle all the questions today. That's fine. I'm a little out of it. Oh, it's okay, yeah. man. Wow. Well, that's neat. Well, that's what the lizard people told me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well... Should we just go ahead and welcome people? Let's get this over with. That was the shortest. <laughs> that's the shortest little opener we've had in a while. Well, it's crazy. I, I have nothing to offer anyone today. Okay. You're a dry well. I am. <laughs> this orange has done been juiced. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian Church podcast. Mm. My name is Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope Christian Church, and you are? I'm sleepy. Yes. Now, my name is Neil. I'm lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church, and... This is episode 32. 32. It's officially older than me. It is. In episodes. In episodes. Yeah. Not in years. Yeah. And it turns out it, that means nothing. Yeah. Being old in episodes. Yeah. Only in We're number. personifying something that isn't actually aging. I have always enjoyed personification. Yeah. Yeah. Like personally, you like when people personify you? Not necessarily. I enjoy doing it to inanimate things. Oh, like, like making, trees? Well, sure. Yeah. Plants? Vinny. Yeah. yeah. Phones. Phones. Yeah, anything cool. really. Pencil. Nice. What I may live the other day at home. Do you have do you have divine powers to bring life to any what did I make live the other day? I gave it life. <laughs> what did I breathe life into the other day at home? I formed something from the dust. Oh my and no. It was uh oh yeah, it was a mop. There's <laughs> got this little toy mop and I made it a surfer mop. And so I kept making its hair go back. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, guys, what's up? It's me, Mop. Like that kind of thing. And Henry That's just great. hated it. <laughs> and Rachel hated it at first, but then she was like, man, I really am, I'm really enjoying Mop. Yeah. And so, yeah, that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah, I like to make cool. things come to life in my brain. It's pretty awesome. Well, it might be a condition. <laughs> 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 They're actually alive. I just yeah. give them voice. Right. <laughs> Rachel keeps telling the doctor, hey, he keeps making the mops come alive. They're already come. alive, babe. Right. <laughs> you don't hear their voices? <laughs> Weird. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I start turning into mop, that's a problem. Yeah. Henry was like, what's its name? I'm like, mop. It's just mop. Right. Isn't that what it is? And also who he is. He is not, he is not only a mop. He is mop. Yeah. So I enjoy that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Never a dull moment in the home. Yeah. But what are you going to do? So yeah, episode 32. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. We were talking uh, earlier, we might have a, a special guest on the podcast next year. Yeah. And, we're, uh, we're booking out that far. Right. <laughs> There's a big line out the door. Yeah. And, People uh, waiting to be on here. I was talking to, you know, Chad about it. Because uh, you know Chad's kind of arranging some of it. Well, let's just see if the podcast is going in seven months. <laughs> let's just see what's going. He said, "What's going to happen?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I didn't ever think we'd have one. 
So I'm not hanging on too tightly to it. <laughs> Hopefully it sticks around, but yeah, yeah, it'd be good. That's cool. So how are you feeling today? I'm good. Are like you, I said, I've been feeling yawny. Yeah, a little yawny. I don't know why. Yanni? Or yeah. you, Yanni. <laughs> Love Yanni. <laughs> right. I just want to compose on the piano with my hair blowing in the wind for some reason. While all people While admire my a... mustache. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't know. There's nothing big going nothing's on. Nothing's going on today. It's just like right now in the forefront of my mind is like counting down the weeks Baby until watch. the child. Yeah. Comes out Any progress with name? Have you considered mop? <laughs> we have not. I will submit that to Sarah immediately. Sarah, I know I'm you're very huge, eager to bring that to her. Huge listener of the podcast. I present to you Mop Howl. It's <laughs> awful. I was say, who was I saying this to on Sunday? That's how a celebrity would do, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This I is my so. kid. What is it? Mop. Mop. Like, wow, that's so bad, but it's so unique. Right. You're so original. It's going to look great on a resume. <laughs> that's right. Buy my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Buy my album. Oh, I was talking to uh, the team in the green room before we were coming up for um, uh, for Sunday morning, and uh, someone had asked me about the name, and I was just like, I have no clue. I think what we're going to have to do is just go with Addie's recommendation, Apple. <laughs> Apple. We didn't uh, Coldplay guy. Doesn't he have a kid named Apple? Chris? Yeah. Doesn't I he? I hope so. He strikes me as the type who would name his kid a fruit. Well, I think I feel like they did it. Didn't did he? I might be making all this up. I feel like um We're gonna find out right now. Gwyneth Paltrow, who is married to Coldplay guy. <laughs> Coldplay guy. Coldplay guy. It's named after him. It is. Right. <laughs> I think that they had a child and named her Apple. I didn't even know that they were together. Well, they're not anymore. You're right. Apple Martin. Yeah. And then the other one is Moses. Yeah. The fact that we can just Google someone's name. That's something. I literally said Chris Martin kids' names, and it popped up and told me. Yeah. I don't ever want to be famous. Doesn't that just sound I don't awful? think it'll come up. I don't know. There's a lot of talk. Is there? Yeah, someone. Is there an undercurrent I'm not aware of? <laughs> there is, and is it, it's is, the ball is basically in my court. They said, if you want to be really? famous, just let us know. But on our end, it's all taken care of. We're just waiting. Was there a contract involved? Um, and was there any powers of darkness involved? Because I feel like I've seen this movie. It was a dark closet, and there were candles. Was this in Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> I played my fiddle real okay. good. <laughs> That this is going on. Oh, so boy. I was hanging out with my buddy Charlie. Oh, funny boy. guy. Two first names, right? Charlie Daniels. <laughs> All right. But uh, I'm sitting there and we's playing fiddle and poof, something shows up. Good looking feller. And he says, You can be famous. You just got to sign right here. And so that's where you're at right now. Yeah. He's waiting for you to. He said it's all taken yeah. care of. What were you going to be famous for? I have no clue, <laughs> this man. This is great. Let's ask this question. If you were going to be famous Ooh, that's for good. Anything, okay, hold off. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Sign for our favorite segment. <laughs> meet and greet. This <laughs> <laughs> is the most haphazard oh, meet and greet man, ever. It is. I went flat on that last one. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, I need more click in my headphones. Right? But up, up, up. I'll put, some auto, flat. I'll just put some auto tune on there and post. <laughs> You're gonna sound like Cher. Ooh. That's I don't know if I'm okay with that. 
Well, she sounds like she just got done drinking a whole glass of milk. Nerve. Yeah. She, yeah, it's it's strange voice. Yeah. Iconic. So, <laughs> I've got a great question for you, Neil. <laughs> right. Let's see. <laughs> if you're going to be famous for anything, what would it be? Ooh. I think of all... Oh, let's do this. It's got to be based on current skill. What do you think you might be good enough at to be famous? Oh, dude, nothing. Oh, <laughs> I literally don't. No, I'm not being like self degrading. So you're gonna have to do like something that. outrageous. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And like, I'm gonna have to pull I'm a stunt. tightrope walk from the Sears Tower. <laughs> Gosh. All the way to <laughs> the new World Trade Center. <laughs> Right. World Trade One. <laughs> yeah. The fifteen hundred mile tight <laughs> So if you, if you So I'm dead. Right. Yeah. So you'll be famous for attempting. Well, I wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah. <laughs> I would be terrified of that. Well, you'd probably make the local papers, I think. No one would know that that's what I'm doing. They would think I just jumped. <laughs> well, possibly. Yeah. I'd be like, all, all right, right, everyone, I'm gonna attempt this. So what do you want no this to be? Attention. If you could be famous for something? No, I I think like uh like current current skills like if you're maybe if you're to like gonna be famous for something what what would what do it you most have the biggest be? shot at being famous? Yeah, for? I think that's good. Oh boy, that's <laughs> so much to choose from. I know it's unfortunate. It's crazy. I mean, there's my cologne line. Um, there's your tennis shoes. Yeah, there's my my shoe line. There's my instructional DVD on duck calls. Your rail line. Yeah. That's tough. Lots of lines. I think Rachel and I have had this similar discussion before. Because she's like, of all the things that, and, and my wife is so kind. She she believes that I have many skills. She's gravely mistaken. <laughs> but I think that she truly, in her heart of hearts, believes that I could have done nearly everything. Or anything. And it's so sweet. And I appreciate it. Not realistic. Um but like Liam Neeson, I have a particular set of skills, right? Yeah. And she was like, of all the things, why did you lean so heavily into guitar? That was her That was her question. Mm. Um, because there was always this, you know, I always kind of had, had the acting bug. <clears throat> you know, I, yeah. uh, there's a, I wanted to do stand-up comedy for a while. Nothing reasonable. Nothing like, I'm going to go to college and get a degree in accounting. And yeah. go work. you know, that, that I was always felt uh, more uh, interested in the entertainment yeah. world um None which has the, quote real jobs yeah 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 which has been an interesting um based on what i do now yeah. because you know there's a certain level of familiarity with a stage and in an, an audience and that's just language i'm using this sure. is not the church is not the stage. The congregation is <laughs> Neil, not the Neil, it's audience. a congregation. <laughs> right, yeah. You'd be surprised <laughs> at the feedback I get sometimes. Oh, boy. Um, but I'm just using this as general things. So yeah, yeah, I've it. talked about this in the past that this has posed an issue. But my my thought is of all the things that I can do, the thing that I seem to be able to do um, better than the majority of people that do that same thing is guitar. Yeah. And... That's, uh, I think, a realistic assessment that was validated by Berkeley College of Music when I was 19, when I got yeah. a scholarship there. And so I thought this is, and, and songwriting being a component of that, I thought this is mm -hmm. what I do best, and I think I do it better than the majority of people in the world. So yeah. if I was going to have a shot at 
the entertainment business being a full-time career, then that would have been, that would have been my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in bands, I wrote music, you know, I, I did like, you know, theater in high school and like a couple of plays after high school, but I never acted on a show or did anything like that. So I don't really know if I had that yeah. skill set to do it in the way that, excuse me, it's actually, it's actually done. Mm-hmm. I knew I can memorize, I do it every week. I memorize large volumes of information and sure. communicate it. And if you go to a first service and a second service, the parts were, you know, I, I want to bring the um, focus down, bring the energy down. Like there is a certain amount, and we talked about this, of crafting sure. that. And, and, not, and not for the purpose of entertainment, but for the purpose of engagement. Yep. Like I want the people, um, the body of our church to be engaged in the word of God. I'm presenting the word of God. And if I just get up there and just kind of monotone, I'm not saying that the word of God isn't powerful enough to overcome that, but I'm also saying like, why put God in that position where he has to redeem something that I could actually just put a little bit more effort into mm. and communicate hopefully in a way that's engaging. And so it might not sit well with some people, but you know, the Lord has given us all uh, a certain amount of skill. This past week after church, I had a, there was a church um, that brought their, a Lutheran church that brought their confirmation class to Hope. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were coming. We'd been in discussions for several months over yeah. this. And I had an opportunity to sit down with 25 kids, you know, that are in that confirmation age. The kids probably ranged anywhere from like 11 to 12, 13, right around there. Yeah. And about 10 adults uh, from this church. And one of the questions that uh, a kid asked was, why do you preach the way that you do? He said it like this. He goes, why do you preach the way that you do? Why is it funny? And it was a real question. In other words, why am I trying to lace some humor and some light moments into it? And I, I talked about you know, just being honest in your evaluation of what you are, what you can do, and then leaning into what you, as long as it's not sinful, leaning into it and trying to to make the most of the skill that God has given you. And I use the example of John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. John MacArthur, a very well-known um, pastor, a very well-known author, a mm-hmm. mind as big as the sea, right? A br- a br- <laughs> Sounds like a song. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his mind as big as the sea. It's part of the musical I've been writing. It's good. Called Lego Thing. <laughs> Lego Thing. <laughs> Lego Thing comes from the sea. It's a Lego Thing versus Johnny Mac. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. <laughs> um, John MacArthur crafts a sermon. It is, uh, it is highly detailed. Uh, not much personal commentary as far as uh, interjecting, uh, interjecting and inserting his own life, his own experiences, maybe the experiences of the world around him. It's a lot of information. Again, it's uh, academic in its um, um, presentation. It's academic in its, it would feel more professorial in its delivery. He gets up there, he's got his notes, um, what he doesn't have memorized because the guy has nearly all the Bible <laughs> memorized, but he has notes and he reads his notes and he stands and he doesn't move. And it's incredible to see the Lord. And this is not a commentary on what he believes. It's mm. a commentary on how he preaches and sure and the the mind that the Lord has given him. Well, God hasn't given me that mind. And so I can look at John MacArthur and go, wow, this guy's got a 10,000-person church and millions of YouTube followers, and he's you know, he's got, what, 75 books or something crazy like that. 
and wow, that's really, I want to do that. And then I can push to try to do that. But at the end of the day, I don't have that in, in me. I know that. And it, you know, takes time to figure that out, but I have other things that John MacArthur doesn't have. And so it's not a, what is better? It's a, what is more authentic? And so for me to get up there and try to be John MacArthur, well, the world already has a John MacArthur. Uh, We don't need another one. Mm. Um, You know, maybe the world needs a Neil or the world needs a Jared. My world world. needs a Neil. (laughs) And I, a Jared. (laughs) Tail has hold us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that's good. So... (laughs) So wanting, so I was sharing with this class, you yeah. know, if, if ministry is in your future, tr- try to be honest in your evaluation of yourself and yeah. your skills, yeah. and then surround yourself with people that you trust, who love you, who have your best interest in mind, and then ask them the question, hey, am I good at this? Yeah. If there's validation um, from these people, and maybe even people outside of that, and this is why I pursued guitar because I'd go play, yeah. you know, um, in in clubs, and and people would say things, yeah. and they were like, "Whoa, you know, we didn't. That was awesome." Or we didn't, because I don't, I didn't have long hair and earrings and tattoos, and you there's know. still time, Neil. <laughs> we're waiting. Yeah, so no one's waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's actively praying against that. <laughs> I am actively pushing. <laughs> I just want to see it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I didn't look like you're like kind of like everybody else. You know, yeah. I've always been, uh, you know, uh, a workout guys yep. and more clean cut. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I had this one guy who's like, so are you, are you here with the boy band kind of making fun of me? And then I was like, okay. And then I got up and played and, he came up to me afterwards and was like, Hey, so yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and it was like kind of fun for me to be a little bit of a sleeper in that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was validated by other people. One of the reasons I got into ministry and in preaching was not only that desire to communicate God's word, yeah. but feeling like I had a knack for it. Feeling yeah. like the Lord gave me, um, the skill set to communicate to uh, the larger body, to keep people engaged, to discern his word, to take hopefully complex things and connect them to real world application. And it was validated by other people. When I first started preaching early on, uh, pe- people were, would come up to me, and you can tell the difference between the fluff and the genuine encouragement. Sure. And the encouragement was coming from um, the pastor that was here former pastors that were here at Hope that attended mm-hmm. here. And it was coming um in large amounts. Yeah. And I that started to grow. And so the Lord worked all of that, all of that together um for me. So when I think about what outside of, you know, what could I have been famous for, what was the thing that I felt my uh, skill set was beyond average would have been probably guitar. And interesting. beyond that, I don't, I don't know. But what's interesting, and I told the story this past Sunday, is um, I, I, I tried as yeah. much as I could try, as much as the Lord would let me try, and nothing ever happened. Yeah. And you can ask yourself, well, is it because I wasn't good enough? Is it because I wasn't um, diligent enough and didn't just push through? But the real answer is God didn't allow it. Sure. And maybe he yeah. didn't allow it through a lack of skill or through a lack of, or maybe he just didn't allow it because he had yeah. other plans. He knew where it was going to end up. So it's interesting, the discussion <laughs> on skills and passions, and there's kind of that debate. Do you, 
do you lean into what you're good at or do you try and you figure out identify what you're good at and then sure up everything else to kind of at least be competent across the board it's interesting the problem is and jerry seinfeld said this in an episode of comedians in cars getting coffee and i don't know if he ripped it off from somebody else but he was talking about comedy and they talk a lot about comedy and the craft and and he was talking about these guys that you know, Jerry, are you ever going to do movies? Are you going to do another show? Are you going to do this? And he's like, I'm just working on stand-up. Yeah. And what he said is a lack of focus is is what's producing a lack of greatness. Yeah. And so when you think about what you're good at, and there are certain things that you have to shore up. It's not like, sure. you know, oh, I'm super good at guitar and terrible at finances. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just going to keep leaning in the guitar right. and buying more guitars. And there, there are life skills that you have to have. Yeah. But if it's like, oh, I'm, you know, good at guitar and not really good on the drums. I want to get really good on the drums and the right. guitar. Then it might be best to don't worry about the drums. Focus on focus on the guitar. Drums aren't a, yeah. an essential with something like that. But I thought that was a pretty profound thing. A lack of focus focus is what's producing a lack of greatness in our yeah. in our world. You know, scripture alludes to this when, um, and I don't have the the reference off the top of my head because I'm not John MacArthur, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I don't know. I just felt it. no. Um, but Paul talks about if you are one that speaks well, speak the very words of of God. Yeah. In other words, if like you know what you're good at, yeah. and if if you are good at something, then you can lean into it and do it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Do do everything, whether you eat or drink, uh, do all of these things as unto the Lord, and do it for His His glory, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, yeah. Today. Yeah. For what sure. What about you? Um, well, uh, I wanted to be an astronaut and I realized I can't do that cause I'm, it just takes a lot of things. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> now I think about across the board, the different things that I do or the different things I feel somewhat competent at. And I think if there was anything I'd be famous for, um, I don't know. I've always thought it'd be cool to like do like documentary films. Yeah. Like that kind of thing is kind of, it's kind of cool to like get the raw story. Um, I found that me and Sarah, when we have time to sit together and if we want to watch something lately, we've been, we've been like over the last couple of years, we'll, we'll watch documentaries. They're just really interesting. And the thing that I find so interesting um, that I think is captivating about them is that it's just, it's not, it is scripted. There's, it's organized. Yeah. It's done well. <laughs> there's intentionality about it, but it's done in such a way to hopefully preserve the, the reality. Yeah. Right. It's not the integrity of the, the story. In, exactly. Yeah. The integrity of the story and to, to, um, make space to <clears throat> help those moments of genuine emotion, come out like that kind of stuff is always really interesting when you get the real story. Yeah. Like when you really get someone actually talking, uh, that's always been really fascinating to me and to see what they really say, uh, to see what they really think about different things. And so that's, that's always been something really interesting to me. It's something I, I enjoy about, you know, conversations like this where we can ask questions, um, you know, interviews with people, and you know, kind of finding out like what's behind the that statement. Like yeah. you, you have that surface level, like here are my answers to the questions, and then yeah, there's more. 
you know, so how can we get at that? And what, what's the story, you know, what's going on here? So I, I accept your offer to make a documentary about me. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to go to California. Oh no. Redo the the road trip as you retrace your steps. I could do that. (laughs) So how how long were you in California, by the way? Uh, it was about four months. Okay. Um, before we were like, we're out of money. Yeah. My aunt was like, leave. Yeah. Is she still out there? She is. Wow. Yeah. Have you talked to her about that? She is. No. 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 We I didn't have much contact with her before her um my mom's brother mm-hmm. was my uncle. That okay. was his wife and they oh, they, gotcha. di- okay. they had divorced. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger and my I had contact with my cousin Jason who was yeah. out there and Jason was living with his mom. Yeah. And so when I was like, hey, we were planning on coming out there. He's like, well, let me ask my mom if you guys can crash here for a little bit until you yeah. find a place. And then yeah. a little bit turned into four months. And then she oh, was boy. like, <clears throat> and we were, we were trying to help as much as we could. Oh, sure. You know, but it was just extra expense. And we were just, yeah. it wasn't a huge place. Yeah. And, you know, she was so gracious and kind to let us stay there. Where, and, where in California did she live? So we were in Simi Valley. Oh, okay. So we were, yeah. I think that's northwest of Los Angeles. And, cool. Um, by not many miles, yeah. but many minutes because yeah. traffic was, was something else. But yeah. yeah, like we went down to San Diego and hung out there and Yeah. Um like what was the plan? Were you guys thinking you'd just kind <clears throat> of just start playing like different places and so like open mic nights, that kind of stuff and see what, what came of the it? The first thing was get a bass player because we I couldn't convince our bass player to go. Um he didn't he didn't want to go. It was just a big oh move gosh, for him. Dude, how funny would it be if he was, if he had actually made it? Like he was, he was a, uh, a famous bass player now. Well, I, I think part of the reason that he didn't go was he was, um, he struggled with motivation uh, a, a little bit. So he would have had to have been miraculously discovered. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, interesting. Chris Pratt got discovered in Hawaii or something like that. Wasn't you know, he living out of a van or something, something? like that. And somebody's like, hey, you That's should more, fight dinosaurs one day. More like the guy who's now singing with Journey. Yeah. Who's covering yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Steve Perry. Yeah, didn't he do like YouTube videos or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was like that. He was like singing in a bar in the Philippines or something right. like that. And the and Journey guys show up and are like, hey, would you, <laughs> right. will you, you come with would us? Would you like to journey <laughs> journey with us, like literally? Or? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Awesome. Uh, that's crazy. Um, so anyways, yeah, if I was if I, if I I was ever going to be famous for anything, I feel like it might be something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe not. The thing is, is like, you know, you can still do stuff like that and I can still play guitar and I still find, uh, I find it to be incredibly satisfying still sure. like the, at 43 now, <laughs> I remember I was talking to Chad uh, a couple of years ago about, you know, I think they were getting ready to have ledger and, yeah. you know, I don't remember the exact context of the conversation, but we were just talking about just how life changes and oh, like, yeah. there's just certain, like when you have a kid, it, you know, it's amazing. It's beautiful, yeah. but it is the death of a thousand dreams. Like there's yeah. certain things that you can't do anymore because you have a responsibility. When you, when you turn 40, it's the death of another thousand dreams <laughs> because you're just, you're aged out of some things. And so you can never get aged out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. If we got to play that game, we can play that game. But you know, the, the market dictates these things, particularly in the entertainment industry. Sure. I mean, you know, people are wanting to look here. I mean, we talked about Tom Cruise, you know, with yeah. just jet black hair and then the deepest crow's feet on the planet. Like, <laughs> you want to look, 
younger. You think about Botox, you know, yeah. people that do Botox, men and women. There's a a, yeah. a guy in the bodybuilding community uh, that I've, you know, uh, followed on Instagram. He's got great training tips and stuff like that, but it, in his face, it just, it, it doesn't move oh, at, at all. And he's like 53 and jacked and, you know, he's, uh, he's doing something yeah. <laughs> and he's got this golden blonde hair and it's like, you know, we, we hang on to this stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, the market does dictate as certain things and culture does. And, um, yeah. a lot of that's changing, right. You know, there seems to be more acceptance, you know, yeah. um, you see this happening a lot in, um, you know, uh, think about, um, that, that push for body positivity and all oh, that kind of sure. stuff. And, and there's, there is some good to that. Certainly. And we've talked about that in relationship some. to health, yep. right. And uh, stewardship and what that yeah. all, what all, all that all looks like. But, you know, our, my plan was to go out there and get a bass player and then start playing clubs. And the guy, um, my cousin, Jason's friend, Dave, who wound up marrying, um, Jenny Garth from Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, wow. <laughs> the show back in the, yeah, he married her. Um, he was kind of connect, connected and he yeah. was friends with the band Hoobastank. Oh. <laughs> and so like when we, we hung out with that, you know, the drummer from that band and yeah, cool. um, got to spend time with them. And so I thought we're going to th- somehow through connections, something's going to happen. Yeah. And it just never, it just never did. I knew the, yeah. I knew the, um, you know, bass tech for uh, the band Nickelback. And, yeah. you know, um, even now I got a good friend, you know, Danny, you know, Danny, yeah. um, who is on tour with Luke Combs. Yeah. And I have had moments over the last, you know, several years of going, whenever I just get this to Danny. And, <laughs> and there's this part of me that just, you know, I've got all this music that I yeah. think it is would be enjoyed by, you know, a, a wider audience. And so I wouldn't even care. It's not about being rich or famous or anything. It's just enjoying the craft of doing it. So yeah. you can still make films. I can still yeah, play. Exactly, it's yeah. just, and there's, it's a kind of a nice pressure. I remember being in my twenties counting down. Cause I thought when you hit 30, it's over right. and, you know, and, and I remember hitting 30 and I'm like, well, when you hit 40, it's over. And, <laughs> And then I hit 40 and I'm like, it's over. <laughs> I'm like, it's over. It's just done. Um, but I see the Lord's provision in all of it now. But, yeah. you know, there are there are moments, you know, I watched the the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute. He was the drummer for Foo Fighters. Yeah. And I watched that live concert. And I can tell you, every time I watch a live concert, it just gets the juices flowing. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, I would just love to be up there just, you yeah. know, having fun, playing my instrument and just mm-hmm. enjoying that. But, um, you know, where I'm at now is certainly where the Lord wants me and it's, yeah. and it's where I want to be yeah. ultimately as well. Yeah. It seems to be, uh, you know, it seems that, you know, there's that debate, like, do you tell your kids you, they can be anything they want? You know, you gotta the, let them dream that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. well, we all circle back and say, well, no, of course we don't think anyone can do anything. Yeah. Like everyone has particular sets of skills and just by sheer, <laughs> like um, statistics say, you know, right. You know, there aren't going to be a hundred million astronauts, at least not in this millennium. Maybe, yeah. in, maybe, you know, maybe in a thousand years, NASA will have blown up and we're populating other star systems. I don't know, but um, <laughs> that boy can dream. <laughs> that boy can dream. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's like, it seems like better off. We're all better off to identify the areas of specific gifting that the Lord has blessed us with and then lean into those for his glory. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to maximize those. Cause I think I, I imagine, you know, 
what happens if the person who's not very good at the thing, but they always dreamed they would do it, fight and fight and fight and push and push and push, and the Lord allows them to reach that goal, but they're not very good at it. Yeah. You reach this thing that you you think you love, but you end up being really mediocre at it or something like that. It's like, are you really going to find joy in that versus, you know, redirecting and, and realizing what it is the Lord you, has, you know, equipped and is calling you to do and leaning into that and actually being very good at that. Yeah. Uh, the joy and fulfillment you can find in that. And ultimately joy and fulfillment is found in the Lord anyway. So, right. you know, certainly I think the Lord can call us to seasons where we're not getting to do the thing that we think we're passionate about, but we're still finding our fulfillment in him. Yeah. You know, but. Well, and contentment you know. plays such a huge role in that. And sure. then an understanding of the difference between joy and happiness and happiness yeah. is often based on circumstances and joy is based on, you know, our identity in Christ. Right. And so like, there's all that, that nuance yeah. Um, that, that comes with all of that. And, you know, I came to realize after, you know, years of leading, you know, being in the secular music industry, so to speak, it really made a living for, or didn't make a living from it. Um, and then coming to, you know, hope here and mm-hmm. leading worship full time for nearly six years and, and making a living doing it and being able to use those skills for the Lord, there was still that part of me that wasn't fulfilled in my sinful desires and pursuits, you know, which uh, posed some challenges for me as a worship leader, still trying to um, do what I wanted to do, more guitar solos, more (laughs) rewriting. and, And not that those things in and of themselves were necessarily sinful, I think we should celebrate the skill that God gives people. Like I think the church sometimes is particularly worship. You fight this stigma that, you know, it's not a performance and it's not a performance and but yeah, but it shouldn't stink either. And, right. And so what's the difference? I mean, you, you are performing in front of people. You're doing it for the Lord Yeah. and you're doing it for those people. And if it's yeah. not good, it's going to be distracting. Right. And so just like you would practice for a, any performance that w- wasn't, and which, by the way, we're supposed to do all things for God's glory. I don't care right. if you're working at Target or working at Jones Day downtown, or you know, working at um, you know Red Robin. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Anything you do should be for the Lord's glory, and yeah. and, and we should prepare. We should we should work hard. And the instruction in Scripture, you know, Psalm 33, 3, right? Play skillfully. For, well, you can't play skillfully unless you practice. Mm-hmm. And so if you do practice and you do get good at something, then highlighting that in a service is not bragging or showing off. Yeah. It's a celebration of, look what God made. Yeah. Look what he did. That Look at that lady singing that song. That's incredible. Look mm-hmm. at that guy playing the piano, you know. We we would celebrate that in other places if we had somebody who was financially yeah. savvy and came in and you know was able to work things out so that we paid the mortgage off in two years. Oh sure. man, look at this and yeah. praise the Lord for you know X Y Z who did this and we'd all celebrate it. And we'd like, yeah. Look at them bragging with all those financial skills, man. Yeah. So it's just that it's that balance and so much it rests yeah. in motive. You can't know the motive of really any other person that's between them and the Lord. And so, yeah. um, 
but those same challenges present themselves in, in for me, I'm sure for you, for what you do now yeah. and, and what I do now. It's like, what, what am I really doing this? Because, you know, the rock star thing didn't work out, <laughs> you know, and at least here there's, you know, an audience and some feedback and all that. And I mine it out all the time. I really do. And yeah. so far I'm like, no, it's not that. That, that, that isn't it yeah. <laughs> you know it's not exactly like i'm getting carted by limo to, play, yeah, right, <laughs> to yeah. places and i walk in and i'm like bob where's my champagne glass filled with brown m&ms <laughs> like this <laughs> can i talk to pastor neil oh sorry sir yeah <laughs> right yeah i'm not walking around with security yeah that's or right. anything like that yeah. well that's a balance in in you know church ministry too is you know historically the church has been a center of creative and artistic uh, development. I mean, you you look at the Sistine Chapel. You think of, you know, these places that effectively celebrate the grandeur and otherness of God and the His surpassing holiness through art, through architecture, through these different things. You know, think of you know, uh, Gothic architecture used in cathedrals, like that kind of stuff. And um, you know. Certainly, there there was a lot going on in the Catholic Church in those times, and you know, money was always something that was interesting, especially given the you know controversies with indulgences and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. still, I mean, even today, it's like that question of how do we give our very best to the Lord without being a cheap knockoff? And the problem, you know, we find all the time is that there's. <laughs> I think you would agree is a lot of the time in the church today, there's a lack of real creativity. And we find ourselves with t-shirts that don't say subway, but it's the same exact thing. And it says God's way. And it's right. basically, you know, trademark infringement. So like, is, is that the answer to, uh, to bring us humility by not doing things very well? No, but you know, there's always a balance to that yeah. for creatives and for people to be able to use their, again, you just said like, it could be accounting. It could be right. someone who that's a who, skill. It's a skill. <laughs> it's and a gift. They could be filled with pride and puffed up and arrogant right. because they're skill in that. And just look like what I did with this budget. Exactly. Just like someone else, just like a guitar player right. could be really, really good and know it and flaunt it. You know, the difference is, so. is that the accountant's not on the stage with lights. Sure. And so there's that. It looks just like it looks just like the world. But think about the first introduction to God's character we get right in the beginning. God. Created. created so the yeah. very first words in our in in our bible yeah god reveals himself as creator yeah it's the first thing he does in the beginning i made everything yeah <laughs> made all this and i mean you have to be um completely out of touch with reality in the out in the outside world to to not find god's creation beautiful and astonishing yeah. and unique and yeah. confusing and weird and mind-blowing i mean it's just absolutely it's yeah. absolutely crazy what he does and so we celebrate god we glorify god yeah. be, because of his you know ability to create and the fact that he did create but we are created in his image yeah. as creators and so when we do something that's creative it's an extension of the lord as long as it's not sinful, right? <laughs> right. Right. So we can celebrate that, and yeah. it, but so often in the church, it's considered bragging, right. or you know, you're not being humble, and that's yeah. one of the reasons special music went away. It used to be a time where a you know, man or a woman or a a, a duet or a, a trio, choir, whatever it was, would get up and yeah. and sing a special song, and everybody to get done, everybody would clap and go, "Whoa, that was amazing." Yeah. Um, 
And and the hope is is that they go, wow, that was amazing. I'm so thankful the Lord blessed them with that talent. We honor yeah. you, Lord, for creating that in in them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we've overcorrected in some ways. Yeah. Stuff like that it seems that way. I mean, Scripture tells us play play skillfully, right? You know, as we as we do things. Uh, you know, it's interesting talking about that idea of things being on the stage, and it draws more scrutiny. You know, so I think there's kind of a challenge there as well to be consistent in you know, the application of those standards for people. And we just talked about accounting is there's these other, these other areas of service that can kind of go under the radar a little bit and there might be potential for the growth of pride and stuff like that. But just because it's easier to judge the person on the stage than it is, you know, in other areas, you know, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, that's interesting. The whole conversation is very, very interesting. Yes. Meet and greet. God. Serious rather quickly. So <laughs> to circle back, right. if you're going to be famous for anything, it'd be guitar playing. Guitar playing in All 4D. Right. Yeah, I think. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You're uh, yeah, you're the kind of person, you're the kind of guitar player that, um, and I'll brag on you a little bit. No, come that, on. Um, <laughs> no I'm being serious. That when someone says they play guitar, you're just like, you kind of have an idea of like, oh, okay, they're, they're going to be fine. And then you show up and you're like, oh, they're, they're like actually good. Like, mm really good yeah so well, thanks for saying that. yeah man i love yeah. when you play that's why yeah. i'm always just like hey do you want to play and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired from preaching 10 weeks in a row <laughs> and i feel like the church gets enough of me <laughs> it's like i, gotta I show told you i'm here i'm here too <laughs> that's right i can do this too right and i'm going to the east wing after this <laughs> Coffee. I'm good. I'm good with puppets. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you can play from the ramp. I don't I, care. I, I, yeah, <laughs> just set up back right. there. Oh man, no, I get we'll so nervous playing at church. The really masked know. guitarist. Right. I don't understand that. I don't. I slightly don't believe you when you're like, I get nervous. I what are you nervous you, about? I think. Um, Is it just because it's so infrequent? No, it, it, because even when I was doing it regularly, I think I think part of it is I'm projecting on people that they are judging my intent for being there mm. so it's it's deep rooted wow you know and so i don't feel a freedom to play um yeah because I, I i just am so concerned that people are going to think that i'm up there just trying to brag or yeah. be cool or and, and it's not i just love to do it yeah i just sure. love playing guitar i mean i do it in my basement alone play yeah. guitar in my basement alone most of the time yeah and then you know I'll post an instagram video from time to time where i'm like i like this tone <laughs> listen this tone <laughs> and five billion people love it <laughs> well <laughs> at least the child it's <laughs> the child stuff so um funny. but no i i appreciate you saying that it's something i love to do and yeah well right. let's talk about sunday we should so Sunday, uh, we continued in our Psalms sermon series, and Psalms. we talked about Psalms of pilgrimage. And the idea, this was another one similar to um, enthronement, where I thought, what am I going to do with pilgrimage? You know, And then when you start looking at it, you know, and you realize that the Psalms of pilgrimage are about a uh, you know, a wide variety of topics, and they were simply yeah. something that the Jewish people sang as they were going to Jerusalem for one of these three feasts. Not very relatable for us uh, in that sense. So you read those Psalms and you're like, well, I'm probably going to go to J Jerusalem for any feasts um, anytime because, soon. Yeah. So I kept thinking, how do I connect this to something that is familiar to the majority of us um, as an audience? And so I took this idea of, uh, you know, road trip mixtape. Yeah. It's really kind of what it was for Israel. It was a road trip um, mixtape. And 
I decided to weave in a bunch of music because the Psalms are songs. And so yeah. I thought, well, let's put this together. And because cassettes were, you know, predominantly the primary mode in the eighties with which people would listen to music other than radio, I thought, let's, you know, use this idea of a cassette. And one of the things that I considered is, you know, eighties references are something that are familiar to people who lived in the eighties but not so much anymore because there's been this resurgence of resurgence of 80s culture. Think about shows true. like Stranger Things. Yep. So I knew I was going to hit an entire demographic that was going to be familiar with cassette tapes because there's kids taking cassette tapes and putting them in a Walkman in that yeah. show and that's one of the most widely shown and I'm not saying you should watch that show. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying um, Neil officially that. endorses Stranger <laughs> right. Things. The ATM <laughs> Stranger Things. <laughs> Demogorgons on every corner. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was the catchphrase. It's going to be the new stage design. Not gargoyles. <laughs> Demogorgons. Demogorgons. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it like that. Uh, so I knew that it was going to hit all demographics. And part of the thing that I try to do when crafting a sermon is how do you, how do you hit the widest audience possible? How do you appeal to, you know, the 90 year old in the audience and the seven or eight year old in the audience that's going to be tuning in enough to maybe walk away with a few things. So I went with this idea of Rocha mixtape and um, just talked about the journey and how the brilliance of what God did in those Psalms of pilgrimage was give a lot of variety to those particular Psalms because yeah. not every journey is the same. And even in a single journey, there's lots of different, um, I would say components to that journey ups and downs. And sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you're confused. Sometimes you're just cruising. And yeah. so the main point I was trying to get across is if you're a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, whether it's an up or a down or you're cruising, the idea is that God is, God is with you in that journey. What if yeah. the Lord had not been our on, on our side, which is in that collection of Psalms of, of pilgrimage. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder how many of us actually think ab about that because we, we often pray for solutions uh, and to problems, which is biblical, and I think you should do that. But sometimes reflecting back on, man, I mean, this could have been so much worse and offering some perspective on some of these things. And so... And then wanting to finally end on the point that, you know, God isn't just with us on the trip. He's the one navigating. He's the one driving yeah. this whole thing. And so uh, no matter where you're at, you know, if you're a faithful follower of his, like he is, he is with you. And so I wanted people to, to leave encouraged. And I also wanted them to, I knew it was going to be a heavier sermon. You start talking about failed journeys and you start talking about things like marriage and kids and job and school and yeah. it, it's everybody. And so you're going to sit there and, you know, look back and go, man, you know, it was, it was a interesting thing for me to do kind of go back and reflect on that trip to California. And yeah. that opens up all kinds of, you know, old wounds, if you will. And, yeah. um, contemplation and, but then recognizing that the Lord was with me the entire way. Um, was was hopefully uh, something that was going to be encouraging for the for the body as well. Yeah. And so uh, this week um, we're going to talk about Psalms of Praise. Cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that uh, as well. And then uh, Chad's going to come in the following week with Psalms of Wisdom, and then we gave Mark. I thought it was going to be like Psalms of Trendiness or something like that. <laughs> it could be. I mean, right? He's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's a wild fella. He is. All right. Well, 
So our weird, questions today. It's a weird comment. I don't even know. <laughs> a wild fella? No. Or, just me being like the Psalms of trendiness. The Psalms of trendiness. I don't know. You ever do that where you're like, you like you just you start talking and you're just kind of like, where? Where did that come from? And why? <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most of the time. It's good to be known and seen in that. Yes. Thank you. All right. Cool. So our questions today have nothing to do with the Psalms. These are some <laughs> That's g- true. general questions yeah. about a couple of these have been these are um some of the holdovers the, from the yeah, past. From other sermon series that uh, yeah. we didn't get to because things were kind of moving at a, at a different yeah. kind of pace. But we cool. can we can open these up today. Yes, here are here's question number one. So God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He knew the fall was going to happen. Why didn't he stop it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a very common question. Yeah. Uh, one that it comes at any stage of uh, spiritual maturity. It's one that you wrestle. I don't, I don't care how long you've been in the faith. Even if you've settled on this in relationship to being okay with what the explanation is. Mm-hmm. You still think about it sometimes, and it still comes up. And you, still, you know, I say, "Huh, okay, well, I get it." But it is, it is a bit of a bit of a head scratcher. So, let me give you a very short answer, initial answer, and then let me go ahead and explain what I mean by that. So, God is omnipotent, uh, meaning that God is all powerful. He's omniscient, meaning that He's all knowing, and God is omnipresent, meaning that He's all places. So, He's all powerful all-knowing in all places, so he obviously knew the fall was going to happen. Why didn't he stop? And the answer is because he didn't want to. That's the answer. He didn't want to. He could have, and he didn't, because what happened in the garden was what he wanted to happen. Now, let me explain that, because it's like, oh, man. But Neil, how could you say he (laughs) wanted them to sin? Right, yeah. So... Let me try to piece this together for us as best we can. And let me start off by saying that ultimately, ultimately, anytime you ask the question, why did God or why God did X, Y, Z, unless it is explicitly listed in Scripture, I did this because of X, Y, Z, we have to piece some things together. And so this is what I believe to be the most sound and most reasonable explanation for why God allowed the fall to happen, why God allowed sin to enter the world. But I am by no means saying that this is the only option because God didn't tell us, now, here's why I let sin into the world. We So we got to piece some things together. So let me start off by going to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah 48 is really important, I think, when it comes to understanding why God allowed sin into the world. And that's essentially what this listener is asking. So, yeah, we'll start in verse, yeah, I'll start in verse one. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. 
For they call themselves after the holy city and stay themselves on the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts, in his name. The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth, and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them, and they came to pass, because I now know that you are um, abstinent, obstinate, excuse me, and your neck is an iron sinew, and your forehead brass. All this is pretty confusing language, right? But hang, hang with me. I declared them to you from of old, but before they came to pass, I announced them to you, lest you should say, my idol did them, my carved image, and my metal image commanded them. You have heard, now see all this, and it will not, and you will not declare it. From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. So what's this talking about is Israel being refined for God's glory, okay? That's what all this is talking about. They are created now, not long ago. Before today, you have never heard of them, lest you say, Behold, I knew them. You have never heard of them. You have never known from of old. Your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from before birth you were called a rebel. And then here comes a really important part. This is God speaking. He, and he's talking about Israel's refinement. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, two times in a row he says this, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. So, this is a wonderful example of a truth that is all throughout Scripture, is that God is out for his own glory. He's out for his glory. He does things. He refrains from doing things. He arranges things. He allows things. He ordains things. He pushes things through. He holds things back for his own glory, period. And that's hard for us to process because if we're out for our own glory, what's that called? Selfishness, pride, arrogance. So this is a bit of a mind bender for us, but we have to remember that God is worthy of all glory. Jared is not. Neil is not. None of us are worthy of glory, but God is, and God is very aware of this, and he deserves it, and it's his right to demand it, desire it, and command it, and then make decisions based on him receiving it. So God is out for his glory. If we can accept that, and if we can understand that, that makes this problem of evil, this uh, problem of God allowing sin in the world a little bit easier. Let me go back and give you a couple of examples. If you turn back just a few chapters to Isaiah 43... God is not only out for his own glory, the things that he does and has done are for his glory. Psalm 43, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Talk about the nation of Israel. He's, he's Israel's only savior. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. That's really interesting, because he's talking about taking them through the affliction. He's going to be with them. It's exactly what we talked about on Sunday. We want God to get us around the river, but he's like, no, 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 you're going to go through the river, but I'll be with you. 
Okay, you're going to pass through the waters I'm going to do with you. You're, it's not going to overwhelm you. You're not going to drown in this. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west, and I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, and here it is. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my, and he guesses, glory. God created all people. This is specifically Israel. But he created all people, created all things for his glory. He's out for his glory. His glory is revealed in his creation, his creation of the earth, his creation of the sky, his creation of the sun and the water and the moon and the stars and his creation in people. Remember, we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God is out for his glory, and he created all things for his glory, that his glory might be revealed, including us. Now, let's talk about um, and this is elsewhere. This is not just Old Testament. You can look at First uh, Peter two, uh, verse twelve. I'm not going to turn to these. I just made some notes on my my paper here. Um, the instruction for Peter is go out and do good works so that other people, others may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So even the good that we do, he wants us to do so that he receives glory. John 12, uh, 27 and 28, Jesus endured the cross for the glory of the father. Uh, John 16, verse 14, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Second uh, Thessalonians 1, verse 9, Jesus is coming back for his glory. God is out for his glory, and we have to be okay with that. And if we can understand it and we can accept it, now all of a sudden this makes this problem of evil a little bit easier to understand and accept. So let me circle back, and we're going to go to Romans chapter 9. This is um, a very well-known and difficult section of Scripture for the majority of Christians. So he's talking about God's, the, the overall theme of this is God's sovereign choice. So let me start. I'll start in verse six. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He's quoting there. This means that if... This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. In other words, just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you're automatically in. Okay? It's the children of the promise, and God decides who those children of the promise are. But the children of the promise are counted as offspring, uh, adopted children of God, saved. For this is what the promise said, about this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. God determining order, choice. 
his choice. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God, out for his glory there. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You shall say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? In other words, if God chooses to not give mercy, then how can he punish those who he doesn't exercise this mercy on, doesn't give faith to? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? What was will what is molded say to its molder why have you made me like this has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use what if god desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory so i'll stop there let me try to uh, cliff's notes this if you will god is omnipotent omniscient omnipresent he knew the fall was going to happen why didn't he stop it because he's out for his glory and by the fall happening god decided that the fall had to happen in order for his glory to be revealed how he wanted it to be revealed. And when you step back and think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. When we're talking about the fall, what are we talking about entering the world? Sin. So let's just eliminate sin from the world. There's no sin. Well, if there's no sin, then how does God display mercy? If there's no sin, how does God display grace? If there's no sin, how does God display forgiveness? If there is no sin, how does God display discipline? If there's no uh, sin, how does God display justice and righteousness and truly agape, unconditional love? If you eliminate sin from the world, then you eliminate God's Grace, mercy, love, forgiveness, compassion, all those things, you eliminate the opportunity for God to reveal those things. And why does God want to reveal those things? For his glory. His glory. So the mind bender in all of this is, well, God hates sin. Yes, but he loves his glory. So he allowed sin so that the fullness and the a more comprehensive nature of his glory could be revealed end of speech do you have thoughts <laughs> yeah i always go to all that we have received in christ that would not be possible without the fall yeah like uh we have a savior who who walked the earth we have a savior who has shown us his love in condescending down to us he, he's fully God, truly God, he took on flesh, and he lived the life, uh, he lived a human life. He experienced everything humanity has to offer, the human experience, he understands it, he understands our temptations, he understands our sufferings, he understands our joys, he understands all of it, 
not merely just because he created it, but he lived it and showed us that he's he's seen it. He took on flesh. And um, I think the biggest thing, you know, that we that we have now is is the fact that that God is so committed to humanity that he's joined himself to us in Jesus, who, yes, ascended, but still ha- retains human nature. He's he is uh eternally joined himself to humanity in a in a way that he has not said he's ever going to take back he's ever going to change and at least that's not what we see in scripture and so he's in heaven with nail scars on his hands and nail scars on his feet and scars on his back from a whip that he that he endured for his people for for those who trust in him for their salvation and None of that would take place if it weren't for the fall. And so just from an experiential sense as a believer, like we we went from being, uh, you know, Adam and Eve who are moral, morally neutral in the garden, who, yes, have a relationship with God that isn't hindered by sin, but are not children of God. They're not co-heirs with Christ who are not inheritors with Christ and the fall happened. Yes. But now we've been adopted, um, as brothers and sisters, uh, into the family of God in a way that that wouldn't have happened, at least that we know of. I, I'm not sure if, you know, if it was God's plan that Adam and Eve persevere and, and endure temptation and, continue on and uh, you know we just don't know what would have happened but that's not the plan what would have happened is that would have been the best way for him to receive glory sure and that and that's the thing like we often think of and 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 what you said is absolutely true like we get all of these benefits what i said is absolutely true we get all of these grace mercy and all that stuff because of, of sin being revealed but at the end of the day all that is secondary sure because the primary thing is that this is what's giving God the most glory. And that's where we can't, that's where we kind of have to bow out a little bit because we don't know what it's like to be worthy of glory. We really don't. We don't, we're not perfect. We're not blameless. We're not sinless. We're not omnipotent. We're not omniscient. We're not omnipresent. Like we're not, we're not love, right? God is love. Like we, John tells us this. So we don't, we don't know what it really is, what it feels like, and what it requires to have that right to glory. And God has the right to glory, mm-hmm. all glory. And we can't get that. You know, we talked about um, fame. Sure. What could you be famous for? Well, I'm pretty good at guitar, so I, I, I feel I deserve the glory, the praise for the skill that I've developed. And that's why I, and even saying that is, it feels gross (laughs) because I'm not that good. Yeah. Like I'm not. Yeah. Us saying that is not us saying like, Oh, I think I could be famous for this thing. Right. (laughs) Right. It's just saying of all the things. Right. So um, imagine if you can, which we can't, that God truly deserves it all. He's the goat of everything. He's the best of everything. You know, Jesus, the, you know, the, the name above the best name in history, <laughs> the most revered name, Jesus, like they, our God deserves all glory. We can't, we can't wrap our heads around that. 
because even if we do something that we feel deserves some praise and glory, and I'm, I'm those are different terms, but I'm just going to kind of lump them together a little bit. Even if we do something that we feel deserves some praise and some glory, there's this part of us that knows that it's, it's, there's still something else better. I don't care if the, the rest of the world calls you the, the world's greatest guitar player. Whoever the world's greatest guitar player is, which is you know certainly subjective, but whoever that person is thinks that somebody else is better. They do. But God thinks no one else is better. Yeah, He knows he's it. He's, he is the apex predator. <laughs> there, there is no one else. And so for us, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this idea that he is, he does these things and, and this is his plan. Because if we have the capacity and ability to prevent bad things from happening in our life, we often try to exercise that. Yeah. If we can prevent, uh, you know, our kids from getting hurt, our spouses from getting hurt, ourselves from getting hurt, our coworkers from getting hurt, our parents from getting hurt, then we, then we do that. And sin is painful. Sin causes damage. And so, again, that's part of the that's part of the problem with this is if you have the capacity and ability to change it, then why don't you change it? Well, he doesn't change it because this is what brings him the most glory. Well, how can he do that? How can he not? He's God. All glory is his, and he deserves all glory. But this is a, a very common question and one that you um, mm-hmm. you as a Christian uh, will come back to probably for the rest of your walk. Yeah. And like I said on the front end of answering this, this to me is the most reasonable, most sound explanation of uh, why God allowed the fall why he allows sin and why he allows evil in in the world and the capacity that he does but it is by no means the only option yeah cool what time is do we have time for one more we got time let's do it all right our second and last question today is this hello i was wondering what the bible says about suicide and can you go to heaven if you commit suicide this has been a very light podcast. Yeah, these are, <laughs> these, are these are the questions that you know are not in anyone's heart. It's more so just intellectual fun, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a this is another great question, uh, one that I fielded many times uh, over the years. There seems to be um the ultimate question here what does the bible say about suicide let me start there uh, not a whole lot uh, the bible gives us some examples yeah. of a suicide judas one main one yeah yeah being the main one um there is some uh debate you know saul falling on his sword right and uh, someone did did he commit suicide and um in Samson's another one that you know Samson knew that it would probably lead to his his death when he pushed those pillars and so yeah. but the, the really the only um suicide that we get or examples of suicide that we get is is Judas hanging himself yeah uh, that seems to be the most blatant um the Saul thing you know uh they they uh, 
you know, uh, that's predicted. Um, you know, I, I think it's uh, Samuel. They they conjure Samuel up. He's like, yeah, tomorrow you guys are going to be with me. So it's already planned, and I, and I want to start off uh, there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Let me go ahead and just turn there real quick. I think it's important to... I think it's important to um, put death in the right hands, yeah. if you will. Suicide, yeah, by definition, is the taking of one's own life. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is a part of the definition. And I want to be really careful with this. Um, yeah, I was joking when I was saying this is just intellectual oh, yeah, yeah. fun. You know, I, I hope that was not lost no, on No, no, no. I, I think our listeners understand your terrible sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> My sarcasm. Your insensitive sarcasm. No, um, I've done a lot of funerals for um, people that have committed suicide. Uh, there have been um, a close friend, uh, family friend when I was a young kid mm. who took her own life. And my sister so found sad. her. My sister found her. Ugh. She. Uh, That's so sad. Yeah, she um, took her own life with a gun in the kitchen of her home, and my sister's the one who found her. And so this is a very uh, real, very relevant, and very um, very sensitive topic, so I want to be sensitive to this. But I want to make sure that we put death in the hands of where it should be. Hebrews 9 says, and just as, is a, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting him. This is talking about the overall redemption of um, redemption through the blood of, of Christ, but there's this sentence, and just as it is appointed for man to die once. Yeah. Uh, some translations said it is appointed unto man once to die. No matter how you cut that, what's that mean? If something is appointed, it's scheduled. Yeah. It's scheduled. No one dies before God wants them to die. That's the reality. No one dies outside of God's knowing. No one dies too young. No one dies too old. No one dies by accident. And no one dies, you know, prematurely. God is the God of death. He is sovereign over death. It's part of what Jesus displayed through the resurrection, right? Oh, death, where is your sting? Eternal death, you know, in the context is, uh, you know, uh, referencing that. God is the God over physical, earthly death so what does that mean well now we've got the same problem don't we because it's hard for us to wrap our minds around god allowing someone to commit suicide as a means to meet his scheduled time of death for them very tough it's very challenging I think that there's a, I don't think, I know that there was a, a, a group of people, many Christians that believe that if a person commits suicide, that they will go to hell because suicide is a sin. 
and it's a sin. We know this because murder is a sin, right? Deuteronomy 5, Matthew 5, Romans, uh, all tells us that murder is a sin, and it's self-murder, right? We'll use that phrase, the taking of one's own life. You're, right. you're murdering yourself. How do you repent from a sin like that? Is the belief for some in, yeah. in that if you have unrepentant sin in your life, then um, you can't you can't wind up in heaven. You have to confess. You have to repent. Lots of problems with that viewpoint. Yeah. Um, not a single one of us repents from every single sin we do, because sin is a machine gun with an endless round, endless rounds of bullets. We are firing off sin every second of every hour of every day. This is why we are supposed to take captive our thoughts because our thoughts run amok. They run wild. So if I were to die right now, I would have unconfessed and unrepentant sin in my life. Whether it's intentional, whether I haven't gotten to it yet, whether I'm unaware of it, so it can't be that, right? We know that Christ paid the penalty for all that sin, and so if you're a child of his, then you, your sins are forgiven. We have to talk about asking God for forgiveness. We don't need to do that. The sins are forgiven. We need to confess and agree with him that these things are sinful and then repent and move away from them. There's this other group that believe that if you're truly a Christian, you can't take your own life, that it's a complete and utter disconnect of faith. And the idea behind this is if you are truly a Christian, then your faith wouldn't allow you to be at a place where you feel like you can no longer go on living. The Holy Spirit would never allow that in your life. To do that is a mistake because what that does is it makes suicide an unforgivable sin. And there is an unforgivable sin. There is one unforgivable sin. We'll turn over to Matthew chapter 12. I believe it's in verse 31 here. Pages are very sticky today. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. This is Jesus talking. He's talking about it. But if it is by the Spirit of God and I cast out demons and the kingdom of God has come upon you, or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin... And blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. This is a, this is, I wouldn't say it's widely debated, it's widely interpreted uh, yeah. verse. Here's how I understand this. The blaspheming of the Holy Spirit means that you have rejected the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'll say rejected, but let me say this. You have rejected because of 
Same reason that Pharaoh rejected, the same reason that Judas did what he, because God hasn't given you that faith. And this is this is tough to wrap around, but remember Romans 9, vessels of wrath, vessels of mercy. Not every person that walks this earth is going to be a believer. Jesus calls the road narrow. Many will say to me on that day, didn't we do all of these things in your name? He's going to say, turn away from me. I never knew you. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit means that the person isn't saved. God has not given them his spirit to dwell in them, given them faith, and that cannot be forgiven. And it doesn't need to be forgiven because it's what God has done, right? God has chosen some to be vessels of wrath and some to be vessels of mercy. Again, very difficult to accept, not difficult to understand. God chooses some are in and some are out. Suicide cannot be the unforgivable sin because it is not the rejection of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that God has an implanted faith in the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual. The bottom line is, is that suicide is sin. It's a very a permanent sin. It is a permanent sin. It is an incredibly damaging sin, certainly damaging to the individual, final to the individual, incredibly damaging to the family, to the friends. It is a sin that not only fractures the individual, but the aftermath and aftershock um, certainly reaches very, very far. It's one that leaves um, much question and confusion for those that are left behind, Mm -hmm. but it is just a sin. For someone to get to the place where they are contemplating their own life is much has gone on. To get to the place where they're thinking about taking their own life, perhaps even more has gone on. To get to the place of planning an attempt on your life, even more has gone on. To attempt to take your life even more and to take your own life. There is a thousands and thousands of feet of dominoes, if you will, that have been falling for years and years and years. My parents got divorced in 1987. It was November. And I was uh, eight years old. And I remember we were living on uh, in North Ridgeville. And a house on Case Road. I remember my parents had been fighting quite a bit and wasn't really aware of what was going on. And I remember they gathered us all in the kitchen. We had this little, you know, kitchen was connected to a little, you know, like dining room area. And then a little hallway into the laundry room into the garage. My dad told us kids in that, in that kitchen space, he said, I'm moving out. Your mother and I are getting divorced. And I didn't understand that you're not going to live here. I was distraught, mm-hmm. just distraught. And I remember my dad kneeling down and hugging me. And I was crying and he was crying. And he, he didn't have many words to say. But I remember feeling just a sense of emptiness. Mm. Because for, you know, 
and I had only been online enough, <laughs> you know, at eight for four or five years, but every memory I had was my parents being together. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't know they were having any problems. They did a good job shielding us from that. So it was a kind of out of left field. And I remember um, this sticking with me um, for, for a while. And my dad had purchased a, a house uh, over on um, New Russia Township, kind of out in the country a little bit. And it was an old farmhouse. And he had had a, you know, some wily kids or whoever it was, you know, messing with his barn, messing with stuff. And so my dad had uh, guns in the house. And I remember uh, the following Christmas, I was nine, and we were at my dad's house, and I think I had gotten the, uh, what the kids called the Nintendo. And uh, nice. he, we were playing with it, and I was there on a Saturday afternoon, and my dad had left the 9 millimeter gun on the coffee table. Oh, because he had just had it out. Yeah. And he went to in the kitchen to do some stuff. And I remember I remember picking that gun up because I was still feeling so much sadness, and I remember picking it up and holding it and thinking I would like to take my life because the pain I'm feeling right now will never go away. And then I heard my dad start to walk back in and I realized I'm going to get grounded for the rest of my life if he sees me holding this nine millimeter. So I put it down real quick. Oh. And nine years old, I contemplated to that level. Yeah. Not knowing, not really understanding, but feeling a deep pain. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from the pain of divorce. It's very tough. But there are people that are experiencing things that are horrific. Yeah. And people get to places where they feel desperate and they feel that there is no way out. And whether or not uh, it's a mental health issue, whether or not it is a issue of being on certain medicines, there are medicines that increase suicidal thoughts. If you've yeah. ever watched TV, you've heard that. Whether it is circumstantial, sometimes people feel that it would be best not to live. And that feeling is just a sin. It is not unforgivable. I think you can be a follower of Jesus Christ and sin. Yeah. Even if it results in the end of a life. Now, I say that very cautiously. Yeah. There has to be something to it. And what I mean by that is I don't want to give people permission yeah. to go and take their own life because they know what's waiting for them. And there's something to that. If we know what's waiting for us, why wouldn't 
we all just take our own life. Well, because God restrains sin in our life. Why did God prevent me from nine? I don't really know. I don't know how serious I was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he he restrained that. Yeah. He doesn't choose to restrain that for all. And should he choose to use that modality as the way to accomplish his predetermined schedule, that's up to him as sovereign God. But what that doesn't mean is that that person is in hell. I don't think we can make that judgment. Yeah. Whether it's with suicide or just about anything else. Now we yeah. can identify a tree by its fruit. Yeah. And we can know, and we have to be able to know, otherwise we can't really truly evangelize. Like if you came into my office every day and you were like, hey, I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. I'd be like, get out of here. I know him already. <laughs> like, don't you know me by now? You should be able to tell by the fruit in my life. Um, but we know that there are certain, you know, there are people in all of our lives that we've got a pretty good indication they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So I want to be careful with this because I don't want to give anybody permission to be like, well, things are bad. Let's just go ahead and do it. Don't forget it is sin. Yeah. It is sin. I don't want to minimize that sin. And it is a permanent, it is a damaging sin. If you are having those types of thoughts, you know, you, you got to wonder, um, you know, how many of our church family, church body is at a place where they're feeling that desperation? I mean, life yeah. is hard. Think about what COVID did to so many people. Think about the yeah. anxiety uh, rates that went up. Think about prescription meds and, and depression, mm-hmm. uh, antidepressants and and the sales of those went through the roof during COVID. People feeling isolated and a certain amount of that is still continuing to carry over. If you are feeling that way, there are lots of resources out there for there are suicide prevention hotlines. Um, you are always welcome to reach out to any of us at mm-hmm. the church. We want you to know that we are here for you. We will, we will walk with you alongside it. We will most definitely refer you to a professional in that area. None of us are trained in suicide prevention. We have, you know, God's word and we are happy to sit and, and pray with you and meet with you. But if you are having those those thoughts, um, we want to encourage you to find or take the steps um, that are necessary yeah. to help you navigate that the period of of life. Yeah. And life is filled with seasons and, and journeys. And part of what I said on Sunday is a good way to end this. Remember that even as low as you might feel that God is there with you and he's allowing it because it will produce something in you. That's good. Thoughts? No, I mean, that's, that's about it, man. I mean, yeah, it's heavy duty, <laughs> super heavy. And yeah. the reality is, is I think the, the longer you live, the more chance that you're going to come into personal contact with, with this. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember at one point in my life where it was just theoretical and you only hear about it. And then, you know, slowly examples started coming up of, oh, I know someone that this happened. You know, I know someone who did this or I know, yeah. you know. So it definitely uh, feels more heavy when you've uh, personally experienced it or personally struggled with those thoughts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would just mirror what you're saying. Like we want you would not be judged by coming to us. You would not no, be. My goodness, people, no. People want to help you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing that's so hard is, is when you, you might know something, but when you feel something so strongly 
it feels almost like, um, you know, if you feel that there's no hope, you can tell yourself that there's hope over and over and over again, you know, and that might help for a while, but you can't, you, you weren't meant to weather these feelings and these struggles alone. You're meant to be in community with people. And so, Mm -hmm. um, even though the temptation with these thoughts is to feel shame probably and to feel, um, is, and part of the reason why you might be feeling these things is because you already feel alone. You need to intentionally put yourself in a position to receive, um, help to receive, um, you know, kindness and relationship from other people. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's a, another reason why we are starting grow groups because we, we want to create community places where people can be in community with one another because, it is hard, you know, yeah. life as an adult with responsibilities and stuff. It's, it is hard to have real friendships. It is hard to have, um, you know, real relationships and where you can be honest with people and where you can really share those struggles where it's not just, you know, my goodness, Sunday morning, we, we all come together and I, I, I have a feeling that the vast majority of our interactions are those, Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Awesome. See you next week. And that's it. You know, that's not, that's not it. Yeah. (laughs) It's, we're supposed to have relationships that, that help us grow deeper with the Lord, but also help us grow deeper with one another to be tight knit with uh, other believers uh, who can link arms with us, really walk with us and be the hands and feet of Jesus in our lives to show us grace, to show us mercy, to, uh, be tangible evidences of those things. And certainly the Holy Spirit can do that when we are in situations of isolation, but that's not the design, you know? And so, um, again, the invitation to you is please come forward. Please come to us. Please talk to a friend, to trusted people in your life. Mm. Don't hide. Um, yeah. cause that's exactly what the enemy wants. You know, Satan would love nothing more for us to, um, see our sin, feel too ashamed to get help and to just live in that, whether it's the, you know, a temptation towards pornography, whether it's a temptation towards pride or greed or, um, you know, I mean, goodness, there's, there's other things that you could have done that feel like it's too, it's too late. It's you've, you're too far gone. Right. What if you've, what if you've stolen money? What if you've stolen something from someone? It feels like, well, there's no way to go back. So why would I reveal that? That'll just permanently destroy the relationship. Yet, you know, the call from scripture is to bring your sin into the light, deal with it, repent, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and rec- you know, receive that forgiveness again to, um, like you said, to agree with the Lord and to walk that out. And so it's no different with suicide and those temptations, those thoughts and everything. And so, um, please hear that we have nothing but compassion for you if you're feeling those things. And even just as you shared, man, thank you for being so vulnerable about your experience with those kind of thoughts, even, yeah. even though you, you even admit like you don't, you don't quite know why yeah you don't know why and and it's hard to really tell uh you know why or you know how you know anyway so i just we in what way we can we we try to empathize and understand from our own perspectives and Mm -hmm. want to walk with you and and love you and care so yeah don't don't hide it seek help now yeah there's no better time to deal with things like this than now Yep. There's not going to be a better time. Agreed. And thank you to whoever asked this question. Absolutely. You know, I think that these are some very heavy questions today. Yeah, for sure. Hey, should we lighten it up a little bit? We got anything light? Uh, like whipped cream? Is whipped cream light? It depends. Here you go. What? Cool Whip 
or whipped cream. Is isn't Cool Whip a type of whip? Isn't that a brand of whipped cream? Which one you like better, Cool Whip? Are you talking about? Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Is or it ready in the whip. tub or in? You want the, Ready Whip or Cool Whip? Dude, there's no better noise than the in your yeah. mouth. Oh man, yep, that's the way to live. Yeah, that's my go-to. Right. I mean, if I had to choose, my ultimate go-to is Sarah has become quite adept at uh, making her own uh, made whipped cream. Whipped cream. Yes. So, and it's, it's delicious. Yeah. That's what feels light. It doesn't have a bunch of additives and stuff. It's yeah. just, a, it's just like two ingredients, right? You know, and it's wonderful. Right. Heavy cream and a pound of sugar. Two pounds. Two pounds of sugar. <laughs> For one ounce of whipped cream. It yeah. really condenses. It's Did a- you ever, I mean, you've taken the occasional uh, can of whipped cream to the Absolutely. mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I went to a wrestling uh, um, tournament when I was a kid. Huh. And uh, it was not a WWE. It was like a legit wrestling yeah. tournament that we went to. And we were at the store right before we were going to you know, the hotel room. And he's like, cans of whipped cream. <laughs> and I was like, let's do it. It's sweet. So we both were sitting there just watching TV. To, That's fantastic. And I downed an entire can. Yeah. And just felt unbelievably. I think I accidentally did a whip it. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I remember at one Uh-oh. point, because I was trying to get the rest of it out, and I'm like <laughs> yeah. leaning over, and, and I was like, well, this is, what's up, man? <laughs> it's like, like, what's up, daddy? I didn't realize you could get high on whipped cream. This I is no crazy. Idea. I had no idea. <laughs> but I remember waking up uh, in the middle of the night just with an absolute fire and fury in Where's my stomach. The, oh, okay. I'm glad stomach. you said stomach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it didn't stay there. <laughs> I'm afraid just, of where this fire was... Right. <laughs> was located yeah right behind my brain <laughs> yeah no it was it was something else but yeah, yeah. we um henry can't have dairy uh, yeah yet and so they have these alternatives these you know ray whip alternatives yeah and they're like yeah you know almond and so almond I, I wanted him to experience the you know uh can, yeah. can shot in the mouth there and uh so i tasted it and it was just vile oh really oh my goodness it oh, tasted no. like have you ever had a bad pistachio oh yeah it tasted like bad pistachio. Uh-oh. Like, I feel like they take all the bad pistachios oh, that no. are, you know, maybe... <laughs> Rejected separate, from the right, line. <laughs> separated from the line, and they're like, let's make whipped cream out of this. Yikes. It was awful. Oh, and, gross. But I'm like, you know, he doesn't have any uh, frame of reference. He's yeah. never had real, you know, ready whip before, and so maybe he'll like it. So I'm like, he's like, what do I do? I'm like, tilt your head back, open up, I'm going to shoot this in your mouth. <laughs> and so I shoot a little bit in the mouth. He's like, oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. And then he bit down on it. Oh, no. It was like, I don't, I don't like this. And he <laughs> ran to the garbage can and spit it out. I have a feeling that's a lot like that one time I was taking a Dayquil liquid gel, and I accidentally bit it, and it exploded on the inside of my oh, mouth. Oh, boy. Wowzers. Yeah. Nasty. Uh, yeah. I was a kid. My parents were trying to get me to swallow by a hard time swallowing pills, and they shared this with you, and they'd hide yep. it in jelly and stuff like that. But I remember they were drinking me aspirin. Because I had like a fever or something like that. Oh, yeah. And uh, so they gave it to me and I just started chewing it. Oh, no. And I was like, this doesn't taste good. And they're like, no, swallow it, you dummy. Oh, yeah. gosh. So even now, like the if I take aspirin for anything, I can, yeah, that taste is just something else. Oh, boy. That's Ooh. that's rough. Oh, that's a good question. Would you rather a stomachache or a headache? Oh, my. <laughs> It's a terrible question. Let's put, I a, know. let's put a pin in that one. <laughs> you really got to take take some time yeah, and think about that. Let me, one. let me think about that. We can open that up next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Oh boy. Well, let's tell the people what they can do. Well, here's what you can do. 
Well, <laughs> you go to Walmart, you get a little can of uh, whipped cream, uh-huh. and you have to tilt it up. You don't. You don't just. You know, from the bot, that's you're you're gonna get all that. All, all I was the, thinking more like, how can they get some questions? Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. Well, if you've got questions for the podcast, you've got two ways of submitting those. Ooh. The first, I know, you've was, got two ways. <laughs> that's very kooky, Chris. <laughs> like old timey criminal. <laughs> that's what it felt like. I'm about to swindle I'm everyone. For you and all your money. <laughs> You can submit your questions uh, through email by sending your email to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or by texting them to 440-HOPE. Two. 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 Hope. Two, two, two. Hope, two, two, two. Four, four, zero. Hope, Hope, two, 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 two. Too many twos. Two, 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 two. Yeah. Just three twos. Maybe just send the email. Okay. (laughs) That's all right. Thank you for the Keep submitting questions. Yes. And thank you for, uh, yeah. Thanks for all the questions you guys are sending already. These are, these are good. <laughs> you guys have a terrific day. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.